Hey everyone, welcome to the Threadcast. Ryan Smith here. Hope that you are having a good week. Uh, we are in the midst of, I don't know if concluding is the right word, we're going to always be talking about this, but talking about the triangle, um, the, the this, the, the thing that is now, the thing that we can do to have a healthy, balanced life. We talked about the three areas of the triangle, self, tribe, and world, and how they affect who we are. And that the, no matter whether we're believers or not, these are all valid areas that we all have to deal with. And the goal is that all three are equidistant from each other, but of course they're not always. And so we work on those three areas when we're lacking. And we put, we put four words together for each of those to help us focus in on something specific in that. And so uh, we're in the midst of talking about the world and how we interact with it. Last week we talked about the idea of hospitality and welcome and how we have that attitude no matter whether we're at home or we're in a hostile environment, that we are called to be hospitable people. Um, Today we jump down to culture. We want to talk about the concept of culture. Um, And I thought the Bridges did an incredible job of leading our our Zoom gathering on Sundays, which if you're listening to this, uh, we have a group of people that meet literally from all over the world uh, on Sunday mornings, we don't do a traditional church-type setting where we just have a discussion on our topics. Today, uh, some of our, our dear friends from the UK led us in a conversation about culture. And so we're going to do that today. And today's podcast is kind of, I try to put this together in a sense of like, okay, here's how it flows. But culture, when you talk about culture, it can be so different, so many different places. Um, I didn't know how to connect it all. So, so t- today's podcast is going to be kind of like a um, a stained glass setting, you know, something that where you see all these different pieces of color. And they've, hopefully, after I get done today, we're just going to have these different, I'm going to have these random thoughts. And hopefully, it's going to give you some beautiful picture at the end. Um, I don't know, but I want to just give you these random thoughts I've got on culture and try to connect them, but give you something to think about and how we go. Um, but the bridges start off with this idea that they want to have our conversation with this premise that we look at culture that we buy, we, we work on this because we are allowing other cultures to inform our understanding of who we are. So, right, so when we look at cultures around us, um, it tells us more about who we are, but then also it also teaches us how we're going to interact with the world. Okay. So, it's kind of where we start from and why a culture is such a part of this. Uh, in doing research for, um, for this topic, I uh, came across this this concept that many people talk about cultural intelligence, your CQ, not your IQ, your CQ. And it's defined as the capability to relate, respect, express care, work, and serve effective, effectively across cultures, okay? So CQ requires an awareness of cultural dynamics operating below the surface of interpersonal interactions, right? So the idea is that is, is that the, the higher your CQ is, the better you're going to see that when you're having a conversation with somebody, that there are some um, cultural things going on under the surface that are going to affect, um, affect how you guys deal with each other, how you talk about things. So some examples of such dynamics includes like the use of tattoos and the way uh, people behave during prayer, okay? So the idea, so like in some cultures... Girls are tattooed to safeguard them from being stolen before marriage, while in other cultures, girls get tattoos um, to tell a story, right? It tells stories with, with their body. Now, some cultures consider it rude to pray with legs crossed, 
while others consider it disrespectful for men to pray while wearing a hat, right? So all these things um, comes to your your CQ, your knowing the dynamics that are in play when you're engaging in a culture. And, and the thing is that everyone, everyone, everyone has a culture. You have one. I have one. We all have one. Everybody sees the world through a particular lens, right? So in other words, everyone has a worldview and exists in a particular culture. Our worldview is the foundation of our belief system and impacts how we understand everything around us. Culture is basically a worldview come to life as people create language, art, tools, uh, social norms based on their worldview. So these products of culture then circle back to reinforce or adjust our worldview. So in this way, culture gives shape to our world and allows us to take in new information and then also make sense of it. But nevertheless, like all of creation, um, culture is marred by the fall. So everyone's view of the world is incomplete and twisted. And I, and I normally don't try to go to this pessimistic side of the thing, but I think it is this this beauty in in this concept here. So this is where the proclamation of the gospel becomes central to the Great Commission, that the gospel transforms worldview. The idea that, A, that we understand that there are different cultures, but B, um, those cultures, as beautiful as they are, aren't fully complete, that our cultures aren't complete without the concept or the giving of the gospel, right? That that transforms. There is going to be this... this unity one day of all the different cultures that come together through one common thread. <laughs> did you get that? Did you see that? Yeah, see what I did there? So, however, culture runs deep. It's like, you know, if we use the analogy of an iceberg, which, you know, there's usually, there's always more under the surface than above. So understanding the truth uh, about con- culture is important for two reasons. First, Christians need to actively learn the culture of others. We can seek to understand how people think, what they feel, and how they see the world. This is especially true for like churches in North America, but I, I, as I went to the England, UK, I think it's true for as the, there as well, that we find ourselves living next to Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and scores of all other types of groups, right? Our neighbors are increasingly different than us, and it is our gospel responsibility to understand them so we can clearly communicate the good news of Christ to them. Secondly, culture runs deep in us, too. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that bird in the background, but that's my clock. I think I've talked about that before, but I love it. Um, our culture runs deep in us, too. So our culture subtly influences our foundational beliefs about life, family, faith, and society. Often... We're unaware of how much this affects the way that we communicate with others, including how we communicate the gospel, right? So so our culture is so ingrained with who we are that sometimes we don't even see it. We don't understand that we are speaking through a specific lens that maybe no one else is going to understand except for those who have experienced our culture. So Christians, I think we have a responsibility to understand culture and how it works so we can contextualize the gospel. That's one of those big... You know, Bible words, right? Right. Contextualization. Contextualize. Contextualization is just like that, that fancy speak for the process of adapting a message to 
a particular culture or context so people in that culture can understand it. Now, this is an important part, an important task for a church that has been told to make disciples of all nations or all cultures. And so to do that, understanding culture is important because sharing the gospel with people is important, right? And, and that's, you know, this isn't a bait and switch kind of concept here. I want to make sure that we're not going into that, that direction. But there is this idea that the story, that the message of the gospel can be, has always been contextualized to the culture, has been shared in the context of the culture that it is in. Now, here's a, kind of a caveat to that. So when we talk about contextualization, okay, some people will wonder if we're rejecting like this concept of absolute truth. And I want to suggest to you, not at all, right? They're saying, they're saying a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, culture's um, messing with the truth. Cult, you know, culture is, is taking precedence over, over the gospel. And what they're really saying is that the way we've taught it in the past, it's not the same. That doesn't feel right. But that's not what's happening. I want you to hear this. Just because people see truths differently does not mean truths do not exist. The gospel is true for every culture. The words of God to man stand as words for every people in every place. The salvation offered by Christ in this exclusive means of restored relationship with our Heavenly Father, regardless of one's background, the gospel, it never changes. But how we communicate the gospel might Every message has a medium through which it passes. The gospel is always passed to people in cultural forms. So we must be clear that we are passing it on well. Our goal is to share an unchanging gospel in a way that people can understand and embrace. Um, so the study of world Christianity begins with this basic premise that Christianity is, and from its very inception has been, a cross-cultural and diverse religion with no single dominant expression. Throughout history, all Christians have lived in specific cultural contexts, which they have, to varying degrees, embraced and rejected. Regardless of a positive or negative attitude toward their surrounding culture, all Christians must respond to their surrounding context. It is in Christians of many and various responses that Christianity gains its unique multicultural texture as a world religion, right? The, the idea that that when we embrace the diversity of how we speak the gospel, that's when our gospel is not just bound to one country, one state, one region, but it truly becomes a message that is worldwide, right? So those Christians who embrace surrounding cultures they use indigenous language, music, art forms, and rituals as potent resources for their own story. Christians have a history of taking that which is not Christian and then filling it with Christian meaning. Right? There are classic examples of this. Like Christians, we inherited Roman investments. We've, uh, the, we got the German Christmas tree. Um, and yet, even on a more basic level, Christians borrow pre-Christian languages and use them for Christian ends, right? So Jesus did not speak Greek, Latin, or English, yet each of those languages have been used to tell the story and teach the message. Uh, even Proverbs has things from the from the Far East, you know, that are in it. We've uh, here in America, we've taken old bar hymns and turned them into Christian hymns, right? This idea of taking culture and making it Christian or having a Christian message to it 
is nothing new. So as Christianity continues to find a new home in new cultural settings, Christians continue to borrow new languages and cultures to tell the story of Jesus. And that's simply what I want to throw out to you today is this idea that, that what we are about as human beings, as, as Christ followers, is we are called to tell a story. Tell the story of Jesus and our medium is culture. And so that is the whole reason we are bound to be students of culture, to, to try to understand and, and grasp what it means. And, and the thing that I want to I express to you as you think through this a little bit more is that when we talk culture, we immediately start going to like the big cultures, right? You know, we talk, you know, African, American, um, Scottish, you know, all these, you know, these people that seem so far apart. But the thing that I also want you to see is that culture is not just bound by world regions, but it's also the context of what we live in our neighborhoods and, and the people that we find around the corner and across the street and in the cubicle next door, that they may be in a completely different culture um, than what we know. And so culture is not just world. We're not just talking world as far as like the globe, but world in the sense that are outside of our own tribe. And so I want to leave you with three, I want to kind of leave you with this question of how do you cross cultural boundaries? How do you, how do you begin to, to, to engage that culture that is next to you? Um, and there's three things I want to give to you. Um, the first one is learn, educate yourself, right? Um, I've been teaching a class uh, this semester on world religions. We've been going through the major world religions and, and introducing our, our, our students to, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, um, and, and just, uh, kind of walking through, you know, Islam and, and, and all these different languages, things that they had, they all, they've heard about. But as we, as we dove deeper into why they do what they did, why we talked to like when we heard the word jihad, right. In the Muslim faith and, and here in Western culture, we're taught how evil and how, you know, all Muslims want to kill, kill us and this kind of stuff. But when we talked about jihad and the jihad of the heart, this idea that it's this it, true jihad is this idea where where a Muslim wrestles with that inner voice inside them, whether he's going to give in to good or evil, That how that resonated. That, that um, you know, like when Paul says, the things I know I'm supposed to do, I don't do. And the things I, I, I'm not supposed to do, I do. And all this, you know, it's that same jihad of the heart, right? That when we begin to learn about each other, we can we can begin to to relate and to understand that we are all wrestling with the same things. Um, the second thing I want to talk to you about. So the first thing we cross cultural boundaries is to learn. The second one is to jump in the deep end, right? Just immerse yourself into that culture, right? Uh, uh, that is, and that seems so crazy, but you know, a lot of times we want to kind of tiptoe in. But you know, even when you're studying languages, you know, a lot of times they'll. They say the best way to study a language is just to go move into that culture, right? And just to live there, right? And to immerse yourself into it. And I want to encourage you that that is um, the best way to, to learn. I remember um, we went on a, we took a trip to Honduras. And, um, you know, I didn't know Spanish that well. And didn't know the Honduras language that well. Didn't, or not language, but the Honduras culture that well. But uh, we jumped right in instead of staying in, in, you know, our own nice little neat little places that are comfortable to us. We, 
we jumped in, we, we uh, met this group of people and these teenagers came and worked with us as we went up into these villages in the mountains. And I remember uh, I, I couldn't speak the language very well. Um, and so that's why we brought these other teenagers along with us. And uh, they were teenagers and they were laughing and joking and speaking in a totally different language. And I didn't know and I was intimidated by them. But as I got to know them and they got to know me, uh, my understanding of their language, of their culture grew immensely just by watching how they interacted with the kids around them and the families and it allowed me to mimic what they were doing. Um, and so just being able to even uh, have a conversation or just share a meal um, leaped just within hours, simply not because I was great or because I was smart, but simply just because I was there and I immersed myself in it, right? And so the idea, uh, the three areas is, is to learn, to immerse, and the third one, um, how to cross cultural boundaries, is to look for a connector, right? What's that thing? You know, we can always find the things that separate us, but what's the thing that connects us? And I use this example today in our gathering as well, and I'll use it here as well. Um, pickleball is growing in, in America, and I've embraced it, and I love it, and been playing with it go out to these courts where there's, you know, six courts. There's usually 30 or 40 different people of all cultures, all age groups. All, all I mean, it's, it's about as diverse as it can get. And what's so hilarious is that um, pickleball um, is really built around this idea of hospitality and encouraging people to learn and, and you teach each other and it's encouraging. You know, it's not this competitive, you know, dog-eat-dog -dog world kind of thing. And so um, there is a true uh, bonding that is growing out there. And what's kind of funny is it's because of pickleball, right? And as we connect with each other outside of the pickleball courts, we, we find each other on social media, whatever. And I start to see these people and I see the things that they stand for and they post and they're like, whoa, these people are so weird. or They're so different, right? I, there's no way I would post that. As a matter of fact, I might defriend them because of that. But because we have this connector in pickleball, uh, those differences don't matter. Um, it's really pretty powerful. And so finding that connector allows us to to embrace each other and to and to share our stories together so that's what i got for you today on culture um just want to challenge you to think through it to grow in the concept of culture to learn more about culture your culture and the cultures around you and then as you do and you find that that person that lives next to you or you find that person that works across the hall from you or whatever it might be and you want to engage in them you know start to begin learning who they are learning about what they do and then finding ways to immerse yourself into invite yourself over to their house or invite them to your house, right? Or And then find that connector, that thing that you guys can hold on to that's going to show that, hey, we're not so different. Well, there you go. There's some ideas on culture. I hope it gives you something to think about today. Um, and if you want to go into our faith life and have a little bit more discussion or on Facebook, I'd love to hear what your thoughts on it. Have a great day. Grace and peace.